Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're talking with John Houston. John is the CEO and founder of the JH family of companies, and he's written a new book entitled Finding My Way Home, A Journey to Discover Hope and a Life of Purpose. Today, John will share a bit about his story, how this book came about, and how we can come to have ears of faith, no matter what the circumstances may be. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast. My name is Virgil Sierra. I am the Avail Media host, also the lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical, where we are one church, two languages. And as always, here at the Avail Leadership Podcast, we have amazing leaders, uh, amazing men and women of God who have been called, who, who God's put a message on their heart. And today, I know we are not going to, to disappoint. We have the privilege and the blessing of connecting with John Houston, who is the founder and CEO of the JH family of companies. There's seven companies under this umbrella. He's going to tell us a little bit more about that. John Houston uh, and John Houston Homes being the biggest company there, but John Houston has an amazing story. And we're going to talk today also about the book, the new book, Finding My Way Home, A Journey to Discover Hope and a Life of Purpose. I'm already in the book. I'm already excited about it. I'm already pumped about it. Uh, John and his wife, Tracy, have been married uh, for 27 years, and they're the proud parents of their now-grown children, Austin and Ashlyn. Hey, John, it's a pleasure to have you here on the Avail Leadership Podcast. How you feeling? Man, I'm so excited about being here with you guys. Um, I know you and I have met in the past, and man, I just really enjoyed our, our time together. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> and you're, you're right, man. God has really just kind of birthed a, a story that he's been writing in my life for a long time, and I feel like He's saying now's the time to share it. And uh, so I'm excited about being on, on your show with you. Love it. Well, you know, one of the things that we say here at Avail is we want to put we want to put some um, passion into leaders' hearts, right? Uh, Avail, we talk about the art of leadership, right? And I think part of the art of leadership is understanding that God has a story for each of us, that God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. And so uh, before we kind of delve in, you know, to the book itself, I think it'd be great to hear a little bit about your story, John. You have a you have a compelling story, and it is evident that God has been in your story. Um, but why don't you share a little bit about yourself? I know there's some people that are maybe hearing about you the first for the first time, and also excited about this book, and even people that maybe know you didn't don't know the whole story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey getting to where you are today? Yeah, man. First of all, let me say every person has a story. Um, so all of us, some some of us have had really tough ones. And what I know is some of them have had way tougher ones than I have. So every person has a story. And that's what excites me about getting to share my story is that the hope is, is that as I share the story, as you read the book, that you can actually begin to look back and reflect on the past and see God's perspective that really he was with you the whole time, even when we may recognize it. And, you know, I just turned 50 and man, I wish I would have learned that earlier. Yeah. Um, but it took me so long to actually recognize that and then to see, you know, what God is doing and where God is at. So let me, yeah, let me jump in real quick. So I, when I was 11 and, and my brother was 15, we had never seen our parents fight. And then all of a sudden they sat us down one day and they said, hey, we just want to tell you we're getting a divorce. So you can imagine I was in shock. Wow. Uh, we were both in shock and my sister was in shock. 
Well, fast forward a little bit. Our, our parents moved to two different cities and we were there in Waco, Texas. And so my brother really had to start raising me. And so as we began to go through this process, he decided to start a landscaping company. And really that's how that became our life. I mean, we, we worked in it every day. You know, he would, we would go to work in the morning, go to school during the day, then work at night. And that's how we took care of ourselves. So it just became a normal way of life. And I think so many readers, so many people out there, that's what happens. Sometimes we get, we get stuck in this life that we really don't even realize is abnormal mm. because it just becomes our norm. And the older I've gotten, the more I can reflect back and go, wait, that wasn't actually normal. You know, but I didn't know that at the time, right? And so then fast forward some more, you know, and and because I'd been living by myself for six or seven years at this point, I was in my low 20s and was just so lonely. I was like, God, there's got to be more to this life than me just coming home and living by myself. Because by then my brother had gotten remarried and actually moved to Dallas and uh, and I was still living in Waco. And that's one of the first times I remember crying out to God and just going, God, there's got to be more to this. Mm. I, mean, I need a family. I want a family. And and I, not in an audible voice, but I just heard something inside of me say, man, call Tracy Miller and ask her out. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's who I'm still married to today. We'll actually be celebrating 30 years in January. Wow. So it's gone really fast. God's blessed us with two amazing kids, uh, Austin and Ashton. And, uh, and so we feel very blessed. So then we get married um, Christmas break of my wife's senior year in high school, believe it or not. All this is in the book and it, it fills in the gaps in between there. Um, but there's not a whole lot of people I know that have gotten married while your wife is still in high school. But we did, praise God, and praise God her parents were okay with that. So then we end up going to Bible college. Um, and honestly, it was only because of, of sprinkling people just loving me where I was along the way in, in my life, sprinkling them into our lives that actually even made me stay connected to the church at all. Mm. And so go to Bible college really was struggling with, am I called to be in full-time ministry, vocational ministry? Am I called to be in business? Really wrestled with that all four years. Wow. And finally, right before I graduated, God was like, don't question it. I'm telling you, you're called to business. You need to go do it. Even though when I was in Bible college, everybody was told God would never send you to Bible college to go in the business world, but <laughs> praise God. So I think there's a lot of listeners out there though that can relate to that. Agree. You know, but when I was in Bible college, I also went through uh, another tough time and that was my, my mom actually committed suicide. And, uh, and because of a, a big, a bunch of different turns of events and trials and tribulations that I had gone through and was going through, man, I just walked away from the Lord and I was like, man, I'm, this is the kind of God you are. You know, first of all, you you give me the life you gave me when I was a kid. You know, your Christians don't love people and they don't really know how to love people and they're supposed to be a representative of you. So if this is how you love, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Mm. And um, and so I walked away from the Lord for a year and praise God, there were a few people in my life that just continued to love me where I was. Um, You know, uh, some of those being my in-laws. And so finally I got tired of them asking me to go to church and I said, fine, I'll go. It was about a year later. And I went, and man, that's the day God actually got hold of my life. Um, and I fully did get dedicated my life to the Lord that day. And I said, God, I'm all in. I'm yours. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. And I'd love to say at that point, 
everything got beautiful and flowers <laughs> came out and wealth started rolling in, but it didn't. What happened was that was my redemption moment. That was the day God saved me. Mm-hmm. I learned I had to go through a reconciliation process with God where he was, he had to change the way that I was thinking. Um, and I realized at that point that I was greedy. I'd known how to make, make money because we had to grow up doing it. And that had created an identity in me that my identity was based on how much money I made and what I did for work. Wow. Um, and honestly, I'd love to say <clears throat> aha moment. I changed my ways really quickly, but that's not what happened. <laughs> you know, it did my, and Tracy had to go on this long ride uh, for seven years where we lost everything we had. Wow. Um, uh, ended up having to file bankruptcy and, um, and the Lord, uh, honestly just loved me through the process, even though at times I didn't like him necessarily. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but he was teaching me his ways. And when we came out of that, you know, the Lord used the, the story of King Nebuchadnezzar when King Nebuchadnezzar looks out over his kingdom and says, look what I've done. And God took it all away. And, uh, and through that story, the Lord just really spoke to me. He said, son, if you'll follow Psalms 24, one, which says the earth and everything in it, including its people are mine. And you live your life as a steward for me. And stewardship means managing somebody else's estate. And I'll bless you far above and beyond what you can even fathom. Wow. And it was a few years later that the Lord really spoke to my wife and I and said, hey, I want you to start a home building business for two reasons. Reach people for Christ and give to the kingdom. <laughs> and so literally to this day, God said, I never told you to sell a house. Today we have a mortgage company. He said, I never told you to sell mortgages. Never told you told you to sell lots with our development company. He said, "I told you to reach people and give to the kingdom," and um, so that's what we do. And um, and so that's what I love about about that God has called me to write a book. I never even thought I would. What I love about it is it made me actually reflect back on my life and actually think about it. And honestly, even in the midst of writing this book, the, the my perspective on some things began to change because what I learned was a lot of the decisions I was making and the way I was living my my life and the way I was believing um, was so dictated on, on my perception of where I'd come from. Mm-hmm. And as God began to take me through this process of changing my perspective to be more like his perspective of what was actually happening, it really began to change the way that I thought, which then changed my heart, which then changed the way that I behave. And uh, man, it's just been, it's been so freeing. So that's my hope is that, you know, uh, whoever, whoever reads the book that, man, in the midst of your, your tough journey, in the midst of your, your great journey, you can still see God in the midst of all of it. And then it's a huge plan for your life. That's so good. You know, as you're talking, as you were talking, one of the words that hits, that comes to my mind as you're sharing right now, John, is identity. And one of the things I've learned is that identity precedes activity. Um, and you just kind of describe that perfectly because, when you're not thinking in the right way, especially about yourself, you know, the understanding where my identity is, you know, it's not in what I have or what I do or how much I have. My identity is in Christ because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a son of God, right? When I, when, when I understand that, it will then lead me to live out that way. But when I don't understand that, you know, my identity is blurred. So, so everything else is, is not aligned. I love that. I love that. Let, let's talk a little bit about, about the book. Now I know, I know that, well, you mentioned, by the way, you mentioned that that all that journey, even even the lowest of lows with work and, and finances and the company and all that. And now 
JH family of companies, right? And yeah, I think it's John Houston Homes is one of the big ones. You know, how did that come? How did that come about specifically? And after this, I want to get into the book. But how did that come about to say, hey, you know, um, you mentioned to to reach people with the, with the gospel and to and to fund the kingdom, right? Fund kingdom activity. You know, are the other companies under JH kind of connected to that same heart? Everything we do is connected to that same heart, you know, because I truly believe. So, so the, think about it this way. You know, when, when I was younger, I really thought that I needed to make money to live and I needed to make money so that I could have nicer things. I could get bigger, you know, nicer cars, a bigger house, all these things. And what I didn't really realize was, is that the vehicle business for me is the vehicle God is using for and I had an encounter, literally, I had an encounter when I was, so I graduated from uh, college and I went to work for an investment company for seven and a half years before we ever started the first business. Two, about two years into it, two and a half years into it, almost exactly the same time God told us, hey, I want you to start a home building business, put a business plan together and begin to pray over it and wait for me to tell you when to go. Mm. We did that. We began to pray over it. Here's what's crazy. God gave me a promotion at my job about that time. <laughs> had to go to Birmingham, Alabama for a, for a conference. I'm sitting in this conference, man. And if you're IT, I love you. I need you. But that is not my gift. <laughs> not an IT guy. It was such a crazy moment for me because here I am sitting in this, this conference. All these people are foaming at the mouth talking about IT. And I'm like, dude, that is not me. I get back to my hotel room that night and I call my wife and I'm like, baby, dude, we missed it. There ain't no way God put me in this job. <laughs> <laughs> something is wrong. And my wife said, man, John, you know, I love you, but you and I both know God's the one that opened this door uh, for you to get this job and this promotion. So I just encourage you to go pray about it and ask God what's going on. No joke. Dude, I'm pouring my heart out in God, telling him, dude, there's no way this is right. I can't do this, you know. And I, and I that still small voice that, that the Lord uses to speak to us. And I felt like he said, son, First of all, if I put you in this position for five years and one person came to Christ, would it be worth it? And I'll be honest with you, immediately I said, heck no. No way is it worth it. And God said, exactly. Um, and he said, he said, see, this isn't a job issue. This is a heart issue. Wow. And man, you talk about rock my world. And so yeah. God took me in this process of going, you know what? It's got to be everything you do. It's got to be for me. It's got to be for me. And it's got to be for the one. Because the one is that important to me. And to me, the one. And I love you, son. You know, and so I say all that to say all these businesses, it, it wasn't like I just all of a sudden I had an aha moment of, ooh, let's do this. It was God literally bringing me into to a place with understand this is bigger than, than me. Yeah. You know, and uh, and so it was going in these tough times and looking back on that, that I began to even get to a place that I could understand what God was trying to say in reaching people for Christ and giving to the kingdom. I love it. I love, John, I love that you're sharing this because here's my honest opinion. I believe that there are so many men and women in the church that have a calling similar 
you know, you know, along the same lane as the calling that you have, but haven't discovered yet. So many people connect ministry to what happens at church on Sunday, not realizing that ministry is what can happen on Monday at work, on Tuesday in the meeting. And, and I think that your story is so powerful and so meaningful. And, and anybody who's listening or watching this podcast episode you need to hear John's story. You need to hear this testimony because it could be that God wants to show you something about where he's placed you. Now, I want to talk about the book, John, Finding My Way Home, A Journey to Discover Hope and a Life of Purpose. I mean, I mean, I love it. I love it. Thank you. This book is, at the time of this recording, has not yet been released. It's about to be released. Right. Uh, April 20th, 2021. If you listen to this after, obviously, it's out. Now, can you tell us um, kind of the inspiration and what you want to happen through this book? I mean, uh, again, it's finding your way home. It's, your sto- it's a lot about your story, right? Yeah, um, what are you praying for through this book? You know what I'm, what I'm really praying for is, is 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16 that says, always be prepared to give a word for the hope that is within you with a clear conscience. And you know what God has shown me through, through the journey that's in that book? I lived so many years of my life not being able to share that hope because I didn't have a clear conscience. Hmm. Enemy was literally having this hover of darkness over me of all the things I had done wrong, how I missed it, you know, how my parents had missed it, how they had how they had screwed up and all these things. And man, when God just threw, really honestly, through a plumber that I that I got to know and really became good friends with, and he actually became probably to this day the greatest mentor I've ever had. Wow. Loved people where they were. He loved them on the job site. He loved them at church. You know, he wasn't perfect, but he loved them to the best of his ability because he had a clear conscience. He was ready and always, he didn't carry his Bible around. And I'm not, if you do, I'm not saying that's wrong, but he literally was always ready to tell somebody about why he had the joy and the hope that was within him. And that's really what I, what I want to share because here's what happened is as God redeemed my life, as he saved me and he began to reconcile me in different areas. And what I mean by that is, as, I, as after I became saved, God started showing me these certain areas in my life I needed to change. As he began to reconcile those, make them right with him, because I had to change the way I was thinking, change the way I was living, what I noticed was he began to restore those areas of my life. And that's what my hope is for your listeners and your viewers is that, man, God has such a huge hope and plan for your life. Um, and the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I'm telling you, even those things in the past, that book right there is filled with things that I did wrong. But looking back on it, I saw how God began to, to reveal those things to me, and he began to restore. I can't restore. I can't give myself a full, abundant life. Only he can. Wow. And, and the more I enter into that, man, the more freeing that it is. And that, that's my hope. I love it. I think... I think- I think you're on target. You know, I, I had the opportunity together with my wife to read uh, some of this book the last couple of days. And, um, you know, even the way it starts off with breaking apart and picking up the pieces, right? A little bit about your childhood. And and um, I, I want to, I do want to mention that there's a there's a great forward from John Maxwell here on, yep. the, on the book, which I'm sure is, is such an honor, right? What a blessing to have that. Oh, it is. Uh, let, let, let me go into the topic of family. Um, 
regarding priorities. And now, you know, and this might be, this might be part of, you know, I know that there's some of that here in the book as well, just in your journey, whether it was growing up, uh, personal experience, observing others. But can you talk to us a little bit about the importance of setting priorities in regards to work, family, God? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, and first of all, of all, let me tell you, I didn't always do that right. Not even after I'd fully dedicated my life to the Lord. So today, I te- we teach our staff on a regular basis, hundreds of employees. Keep God first. Keep your family second. And work will take care of itself. And I truly believe that. So for me, I keep my priorities straight by I have to schedule my time with the Lord five days a week. Because here's what I can tell you about myself. Without Christ, I don't know if I can say this online, but I'm a butthead. <laughs> I'm not very, literally, my attitude changes when I'm not walking with the Lord. I'm not in his word. And my wife will be the first one to recognize that. My kids will be the second people to recognize that. And then, so I say, man, we got to keep, we got to have those three to five, six days a week with God in his word, in prayer, listening to what he's saying. Because what I've found is if I do that, my family balance is way better. Oh, yeah. Because my perspectives are right. And then what I find is if I keep the house in order, not even perfect, that's not what I'm saying. If I'm doing a better job of intentionally living my life for God and intentionally trying to be an imitator of Christ to my family, then all of a sudden that rolls off into work. And so for me, that's that's huge. Now, I, I, love, that, I love that you mentioned that because I think it's a struggle I think it's a struggle for most believers, whether you're male, female, whether you've been, whether you've known Christ, you know, for 30, 40 years, or you're just getting to know him, it can sometimes be a challenge, right? To, to, to know how to do the right thing in the right time. And um, what would you say is your perspective uh, living through what you lived through in your childhood and then becoming a father, for instance, what are some of those things that you said, okay, these have to be non-negotiables for, for our family, for our home, and for our relationships. Because because by the way, by the way, <laughs> you're leading seven companies. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like you have nothing to do. You have a lot of work to do. But at the same time, you have a wife that you have to be husband to. And you have, you know, and, and then on their journey, you have kids that are growing up that you have to be a father to. Yeah. And you know what I can say is, you know, so how, how I've done it is, is like I said, I make God my priority. On my, I have it scheduled that I spend time at least six days a week in prayer and in the word. You know, we work in the church. You know, we're, we're faithful to the things that God asks us to do. And here's the reason why I say that. There was a for years, until 10 years ago, I could have told you exactly what those were, and I was checking the boxes off all of them. And I literally would spend more time in prayer than most people I knew. And what's crazy about that is God corrected me. And he said, son, son, here's what I need you to understand. You're doing all these things, but you're doing them all without love. So it's all meaningless. Wow. Rocked my world. So I say that to say, I want to encourage your listeners and your viewers, just be on the journey God wants you to be on. It's okay. It doesn't have to look like everybody else's. What I can tell you is if you can only do two things, spend time in God's word and spend time listening to him. And I'm telling you, it'll radically change your life because, you know, to this, my, my son's 23. I wish I could rewind and lead him differently than I did. 
Wow. Got the blunt, <clears throat> blunt of me living by law instead of by love. Mm. You know, and so even my daughter at 19 says, man, dad, it's like when Austin and I are talking, we lived, we grew up in two different houses. <laughs> There's one part of me that's really sad about that because and had to reach the blunt of that and Tracy. There's another part of it that goes, Ashton sees the difference. Austin seeing the difference, but he saw more of me not living in love, checking all the boxes of the God things I'm supposed to do versus loving him. Christ loves me. And so I say that to say that it is a tough balance. But what I've also learned is I'm going to schedule and I'm going to have the time for the things in my life that I want to have time for the things that I really value and the things that are really important to me. So I just challenge each one of us, including myself, to go, what is the number one thing that's the most important to you? You're going to make sure you have that on your schedule, right? You know, and so schedule those, even if it's the top three things that you know you have to do uh, to stay healthy and to get even get more healthy with Christ. Um, and you will gain, because see, I, I also believe tithe you know, we know God told us to tithe. We know God told us to give above and beyond. Mm-hmm. It's not ours. It's his. Yeah. So many times as a body of believers, we think about that just being money. And I don't think it's just money. I think it's also my time. Yeah. I've got to. Now, here's what I can tell you. I can't give God 2.4 hours a day in prayer, but I'm living my life for God all day. Right. Yeah. So what I do know is I've got to spend that one-on-one time in the morning so that then I can walk out the rest of the day. Yeah. If I don't, then I'm walking the day out in flesh and, and that's just not good. So I know I may not be, you may not feel like I'm giving you real practical steps, you know, but that's just not my heart because I just really believe Joshua chapter one says, study the word of God, meditate on it day and night, do what he says, and you'll be prosperous, successful in all you do. And that's what I teach my kids because I'm like, guys, I don't know how else to do it. Uh, but I do know I do that and it, and it it's worked for me. So, <laughs> uh, so I don't know if that helps, but. Yeah, well, I, I think what I'm hearing, I think what I'm hearing from you and, and, I, and I agree is the importance of prioritizing our spiritual walk with God. Here's what I have found. Somebody can prioritize their body physically and get in great shape but that's not going to affect necessarily their spiritual walk with God or their relationships, right? Or somebody can get really strong in their emotional, you know, their relationship, their soul, and be, feel peace in their soul, but that might not affect spiritual and it might not really affect the physical. But there's something about when we prioritize the spiritual, right? And we put God first. That has the potential to seep in and pour into all the areas of my, my life. It does. And, and I, th- I think that's what I'm hearing you say. Now, I want to I wanna poke in to something that you alluded to because I have... I have here, in addition to your book, I also have an Avail journal. And I'm going to get back to this later. But in the most recent uh, Avail journal edition, which is the yeah, 2021 um, spring. So it's, it's an article that you wrote called Ears of Faith. Ears of Faith. For anybody watching the video, you can see it right there. Ears of Faith. And it says, simple steps to hear from God in a complicated world. And I, and I know you just mentioned it. You know, part of why you spend time with the Lord is because you want to hear from him. Can you speak a little bit into this whole aspect of, of, of ears of faith and, and hearing yeah. from God? Dude, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because it radically changed my life. So literally, I was a, I was a sophomore in Bible college 
incredibly spiritually frustrated because I was like, dude, every time I go to chapel, I hear somebody say, I just pray and ask God. And he'll tell you what to do. I'd go back home. I'd pray. Wouldn't hear squat. <laughs> I was so frustrated. <laughs> literally, I was like, I literally was at the place where I, I thought, and I, I think some of your listeners can probably um, attest to this, but I thought maybe that's just for other people. Right. I thought, you know, maybe I'm just not holy enough. Maybe because yeah. of the way I lived my life, God doesn't want to speak to me. Or maybe it's just because of the way my family lived. And I got to that place where I literally had almost convinced myself that that was right. And a guy actually came and he, he, he actually shared a message. And he said, man, I wasn't even supposed to, like I had a message prepared, but I believe there's somebody here that God really wants to speak to. And I love this because this is how he broke down how to hear from God. And I'm just going to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. He said, think about a baby. When, for example, my wife, when we had, when we had our son, who's our first, our firstborn, I had ne- he had never seen me. I'd never seen him. Right. But the minute my wife gave birth and the doctor is holding our son, I said something and he looked at me. Why? Because he recognized my voice. He had never seen me. Right. And he began to break that down. He said, let me give you some practical steps on what that looks like. Is he said, I encourage you, go to your go to your prayer room, your bedroom, wherever you pray, shut the door and just pray and ask God to speak to you. Write down whatever comes to your mind. Mm-hmm. Keep writing until you're done writing. And then he said, then go line by line. And if, if a line lines up with the word of God, there's a 50-50 chance it's God. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's probably you, right? And then he said, as you do that over time, all of a sudden you begin to recognize his voice. Here's what's crazy is when I first started doing that, probably 95% of the page was me. (laughs) Looking back three to six months later, man, there's about 20% of everything on the page lines up with the word of God. And what God was teaching me was, I needed to know the word of God better so that right. God could speak to me through his word. Right. So part of that process was me having to study the word so God could speak to me through his word, right? And so then he, then, the, then the guy said, okay, so if you get that concept, here's how that works. As you do that over and over again, you begin to recognize his voice. So and he said, now let's think about your son. So when your son was is born, he's never even seen you but he already recognizes your voice because you were already speaking to him, but he didn't know that. Then all of a sudden he's in a five-year-old kindergarten class at church and there's 30 little kids running all over the place. You walk up to the door and you say, Austin, what happens? 29 other little kids keep running around like crazy kids and your one looks at you. Right. Right. Because he recognizes your voice. Fast forward. Now you're in high school. My daughter's out there cheering there's hundreds of people in the stands and I'm yelling, Ashton, go Ashton. We're so proud of you, whatever. She hears my voice, but yet a bunch of these other kids don't because she recognizes it. Then you fast forward, they go to college. Now my daughter's in Tulsa. We're in, we're in South of Dallas. And what happens? She's about to go to a party. She's about to go to chapel, whatever it is that she's about to do. And all of a sudden, she remembers what it is we taught her that was based on the word. And what does she do? Hopefully, she obeys and listens. And so in the midst of all these different stages of life, 
the more they get right, they, that you learn to recognize God's voice, all of a sudden you can be sitting in a meeting and you hear God's voice. You can be sitting in church and you hear God's voice. You could be talking to a neighbor and you hear God's voice, um, but it takes those small steps. So hopefully that, that breaks it down and it's a, uh, it's just crazy powerful. Yeah. That, I think that's a, that's a great illustration of, of understanding the process of how we can begin to hear and recognize God's voice. I think, you know, I think one of the things that, that, um, I'm hearing from you. And I think I want to encourage this to every leader, whether you're a new believer uh, or you've known God for a long time, because you can know God for a long time and still not recognize his voice or, or, yeah. or not be close to him, right? And I think, I think one of the things that, that's been helpful for me, just like for you, um, John, is, is that time with the Lord, right? And, and, and it could be as simple as, hey, I'm setting aside this time. Prayer is when I talk to God. I read his word. That's when he talks to me, right? right. And ju- journaling, I think, is you alluded to that, like journaling, right? Like writing down. There's something powerful about that. Hey, writing down what I'm praying for, what I'm praying about, what God is speaking to me, what stood out from that Bible passage that I just read, yep. you know, what's just pressing my heart. Um, and and it's, it's amazing how when you get in the habit of doing that, God speaks. He does. Yeah, and you know what else I would add is the reason why I think journaling is so powerful so every day when I journal, I put the date on there too. And the reason why is because what, what I've learned over the years is the power of you write something down and you're like, how's that even going to happen? <laughs> Three months later, it happens. Yeah. And wait. And then I go back to my prayer journal. And I'm like, dude, God spoke that to me three months ago. And it, it builds that confidence of hearing God. And over time, man, you're just like, things I never even thought could happen things that I don't even know why he spoke to me and then it played out. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a faith builder. So I think that's why, one of the reasons why he wants us to hear his voice because, you know, John chapter 10 says, my sheep will know my voice and follow me. Uh, he wants us to follow him, but it's, it, takes, it takes time and it takes practice uh, to hear God's voice. Yeah, I love it. I love every once in a while picking up a journal from four or five years ago or six years and kind of looking at it and saying, wow, yeah. That's what I was praying for. Look what God has done, right? You know, God is so faithful. Okay, I want to I want to um, ask you a question because th- this is more connected to what you said. Uh, you know, as you as you began the companies that God put on your heart to begin, there's something clear that God put on your heart, obviously, to reach more people with the gospel uh, and to fund the kingdom. So let me let me talk about reaching people with the message of the gospel, right? You know, those of us who've been in church, we know a lot of the terminology, but a lot of people um, just don't understand the differences. Can you talk to me about the difference between getting somebody saved, in other words, somebody making the decision, redemption, right, and then making disciples, right? Because there's obviously this is not the same thing, but sometimes people can talk about it kind of like it's all jumbled together. From your perspective, what's the difference and how do you approach um, helping somebody take a steps in, in receiving salvation? Yeah. And then, yeah, I would actually add. I would actually add one more step. Mm-hmm. Step is right before salvation, and it's it's literally just working the field. Sometimes God is just calling us to love people where they are. He's always going to do that. But we also have to know what is God asking us to do because I can't save anybody. Only the Holy Spirit can. Yeah. And so, really, what what we teach our staff to this day is that really. Like, let's use the home building, for example. God showed us we have 60 touch points for every one house we build. This year, if we close 
we're estimated will close around 800 houses. That's 48,000 opportunities we have to share the love of Jesus. Wow. That's crazy to me. But what, what we believe God has shown us is, is that all God has asked us to do is love people where they are and let them see the love of Jesus in us and through us. Wow. And if we do that and love them where they are, then if the opportunity comes up for us to share the gospel, we share it, right? Because we follow him on the, the path of that he's leading their life on. And we just realize we're only part of the, the plan that God has for their life. And so then when we do that, you know, it's, it's like, I call it relational evangelism because to me, it's not a one size fits all. The gospel never changes, but the way that we talk to people about it, the, you know, it's just like Jesus with the woman at the well. I mean, he didn't whip the Bible out and say, man, let me tell you all the things you're doing wrong. <laughs> he literally went to where she was. And that's what I love, love, love about business. What an, that's what we're doing every day. Literally, people spend a third of their life at work. Yeah. Every day I get to go live life with people where they're at, right? Whether they're saved, whether they're at the well, like the, the woman at the well was. And so then we look for those opportunities. And sometimes instead of telling people what they're doing wrong, God is asking, actually saying, love them where they are and ask them questions about their life. Wow. So Holy Spirit, I can actually bring revelation to them and show them how they need to change, right? And so I, I love that because I'm actually uh, one of the guys, we did that for about three and a half years with one of the guys, one of our leaders that works for us. Mm-hmm accepted Christ last November on a, on a deer hunt that I took some. Guys. Wow. That's so cool. Well, I get to baptize him this Sunday. <laughs> you want to talk about, that's what motivates me, you know, but, but I love about it is, you know, I just had lunch with that guy last week. Cause we were kind of talking about this. I'm like, dude, you're a whole different person. Yeah. Like you're not even the same. And he, you know what his answer was? He said, you know, what's interesting about you saying that is he said, my mom and my sister just told me that. <laughs> so now guess who's coming to church with him on Sunday? Come on. His mom, his sister, his whole family. Finding know? their way home. You see, just yeah. but here's the crazy part. I didn't save him. Christ saved him. I was yeah. just the vehicle that happened to be there the day that he said, I want to, I want to know what you have. And I want to know that Jesus. But guess what? There were 15 other people plus 15 plus more people that were part of his journey to get him to a place where he had seen enough people love Jesus. So good. Had seen the hope within enough people that he said, man, there's something different about those people. And uh, so for me, that's what takes all the pressure off of me is, man, I just go, dude, I'm just going to love people where they are. I'm going to live life with them. And so let's just live life together, you know? I love it. You know, it reminds me of the, the, um, the moment where Jesus is with his disciples and, and it says that he looked out and, and, and he felt compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were, you know, they were broken, you know, and then, and then he tells the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. And then there's a key, key um, verse there. Um, Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers into the field. And, And I think, and I think many times we are, the answer to somebody's prayer, right? Somebody who knows if there was somebody in this person's life, you know, or, you know, when when we're sharing the the message with somebody or, or, or just loving on somebody who knows if 
we're the answered prayer to that person's mother, right? Or sister right. or a friend who was praying for somebody and all of a sudden we're there in that person's life. I love that. I love that. Um, as, as we're kind of wrapping up here, John, I, I, yeah, you're, you kind of mentioned this because obviously um, we talked family, we talked personal life, we talked a little bit kind of about work, how God has allowed you to just bring your faith into the, the, your work world. Have you ever found your faith challenged in the marketplace? Uh, for example, have you ever found people that just don't, they don't want to, they don't want to hear it or, or they, they don't want it kind of brought up regarding your faith in the workplace? Um, what advice would you give to Christian, you know, business people, Christian leaders who might be experiencing this in different con uh, contexts? of where they work. Cause you know, it, you know, obviously when you're the boss it's a little different, but if you're working for, in a hospital, for example, or yeah. you're working in a school, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I'll give you a perfect example. It's my wife. Um, and she, she worked for, uh, JC Penney's, um, and her boss, um, was an atheist for years. And, you know, how she did it was, is that the Lord used that same verse, always be prepared to give a word for the hope that is within you. So what she did was she never told him that she disagreed with him. She never told him she was wrong. She just tried to be light mm. the world. That was it. So she was trying to be salt and light, right? Well, what's crazy is she worked for him for seven and a half years. I think actually almost 10 years. And we got to be friends with him. Our worlds were completely different, right? right? Just kept loving him where we were, where where he was. So good, so good. Here's what's in, what's crazy about it. Do you know who just came to Christ two years ago? <laughs> Fifteen years. Wow. Working that soil and just loving on him where he was, and all of a sudden he said, you know, and he's in his sixties at the time, and he said, I just want what you guys have, and. That was such a huge testimony for us to go, we didn't know if that would ever happen. And so I say all that to say, let me summarize it this way. Just love people where they are. Because I, I, even, I even do that with my staff and the people that I influence. I believe I have to earn the right to share the gospel. I don't just get to share it. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes we think we have the right to share it, and they're not even ready to hear it. And so... If that, if you're getting confronted with that, I just, I'm not saying you're doing it wrong, but for me, I take a step back and I go, God, how can I love them where they are? And they don't feel like I'm pushing you on them, but when they're ready, they know who they can talk to, you know? And so that, that's just how we do it. And uh, what's cool about that guy's story though, is his mom, I believe she's in, the, in her nineties. He literally had led at top levels of major companies you would know the names of, um, C-level leader, mm. what his mom told him after that he texted her and said, hey, or called her and said that he had accepted Christ. He said, she said, son, I've never been more proud of you than I am today. Wow. Look, here's a grown man in his 60s who's telling me this story crying. Wow. And I'm like, dude, is that not what life is about? <laughs> That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. I love it. Hey, we're talking about Finding My Way Home, John Houston's new book. You got to get this book. Uh, John, how can they find the book? How can they, how can they purchase it, find it, get it for a friend? How can they do that? 
Yeah, the easiest way is to go to meetjohnhouston.com. That's meetjohnhouston.com. And we'd love for you to uh, buy the book there. We'd love for you to sign up for our blog. Um, and uh, man, that's where I'd send them. Yeah, I want everybody to make sure you go to, is it meetjohnhouston.com? Yep, meetjohnhouston.com. The book is Finding My Way Home, A Journey to Discover Hope and a Life of Purpose, forward by John Maxwell, who's a blessing as well. Um, John, I think that your story is just beginning to make it. I think, I think there's a great impact that's going to come through your story, through this book. We just pray blessings over it. And, and um, if people, are you on, some people are, some people aren't. Are you on social media? Can people connect with you in that, in that realm? They can. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Beautiful. John Houston, I assume. Yes, sir. All right. So go out there, everybody. Connect with John. See what God is doing through his life. And again, uh, you, you're going to want to get this book, Finding My Way Home, A Journey to Discover Hope and a Life of Purpose. We're going to be praying for this, John, that the Lord would allow this to reach the hands and the hearts of so many people who need to hear this message. I want to, before we close off, I want to transition to the Avail Journal. I, met, I alluded to it earlier, the Avail Journal, an amazing Christian uh, leadership resource for so many people uh, that are out, whether it's ministry leadership, whether it's marketplace leadership, there's an article in here for you. You have an article in here, uh, which we talked about, which is ears of uh, ears of faith. I believe your pastor has an article in here as well, right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Pastor Scott Wilson. Yeah, man, I, honestly, I, uh, because Scott's in that, I've seen it and man, I'm so excited about that, that magazine. Um, I also know some of the other, uh, Guys that have some some uh, articles in there, man, they're powerful. Excited. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I have the privilege of having an article as well, uh, The Language of Heaven, talking about growing a bilingual church. There's so many things happening. Hey, if you don't yet subscribe to the Avail Journal, I want to tell you some good news. You can subscribe. You can claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal. Free annual subscription. That means you're going to get four of these, four editions uh, during the year. Uh, go to Avail journal.com availjournal.com you can get a free annual subscription john recommends it i recommend it totally Dr. recommend it <laughs> that's right dr sam chand one of one of our leaders uh, and martine from the avail team as well uh, really excited john uh, let's wrap things up I, I, what are some closing thoughts you want to leave for all of our listeners everybody who's viewing just some closing thoughts you want to leave on their hearts as we wrap this conversation up yeah, you know, I think what I would say is, is that, man, I just want to encourage you guys. And I, and I hope, here's the, I never wanted to sell a book. I never wanted to write a book. And, and I just really felt like God said, man, there's so many people out there that have a story. Um, and, and God wants you to understand, man, your life is, is a story written by God. You know, and he's got such hopes and plans and a future for you. And he loves you. And, and I just hope that as you read that book, that you really do see God in the midst of your life ever since you were a little a little boy or a little girl, and that you know through Christ, man, your greatest days are ahead of you, not behind you. And, uh, and man, that's my prayer and my hope is that it spurs you guys on to run the race and to see how much God loves you and that he's proud of you uh, and you bring great joy to his heart. So good. Hey, John, uh, I just want to 
tell you, I'm so thankful to have this opportunity to speak with you and, and to meet you. I'm thankful for what God is doing in your life. I'm, I'm, uh, we're super, on behalf of the Avail leadership team, we're super proud of you. And we're praying that this book would, would go beyond, would have a, a reach even beyond and farther what you could imagine. Um, we're thankful for your life and for your family and for what God is doing through you and through your companies to enlarge and expand his kingdom here on the earth. Uh, we bless you, brother. We're, we, we honor you and we thank God for your life. Thank you, man. And thank you guys for what you guys are doing for the kingdom. I love that you guys are hitting the marketplace and the church world because we're all in this together. It's all one body of Christ. And man, you guys are leading the way in that. And I just, I love it. Yes, sir. Hey, everybody, thank you for connecting with us for an amazing conversation with John Houston, his new book, Finding My Way Home. We hope that you'll come back and be with us next time on the Avail Leadership Podcast. As always, I'm Virgil Sierra, your Avail Media host, and can't wait to connect next time so we can talk more about life and leadership. See you next time. God bless. We hope you've been inspired by this conversation with John Houston. Remember, you can connect with John at meetjohnhouston.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. Remember, if you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, just visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm Virgil Sierra, and we thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast.